everybody to the podcast where we explain people and why they do all the crazy, annoying, amazing, inspiring, weird things that we do. I am Master Coach Kim Giles, and I have Sarah Henderson with me today for the show. Sarah, we're going to talk about relationships today and how understanding the shapes actually really helps you get along with anybody, or at least makes it a lot easier. What do you think? I'm really excited because I think the shape program has changed many of the relationships in my life, and I'm glad we're getting to this point on our show. Really excited. Okay, so we're going to talk about the two core fears, and because there's just two core fears and everybody is dominant in one, there are only three types of relationships you could be in. Wow. And you and your husband are a good example of one of them, right? Tell everybody what shape you guys each are. Yeah, well, I am an octagon, and my husband is a rhombus. So those are two fear of loss dominant shapes. And um, I think that for us, we didn't really know what that meant at first when we started getting into the shapes. But then once we really started understanding what fear of loss meant, and it kind of meant that we both can be opinionated and we both want to get our way a lot. So it was really impactful for us to understand that and see each other's fear of loss. So I'm excited to learn more about that today. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we, we better start and talk a little bit for anybody that's not familiar with the two core fears, what they each are. So the first of the two core fears is fear of failure. And don't Sarah, everybody has this one. I mean, we all have both, but this is a tough one for everybody. This fear that I am inadequate. I might not be good enough. And I think this is the one we hear the most about in society today. I think if you go and you look at some of the relationship advice and some of the um, personal development stuff, there's a lot of stuff out there that says, um, don't worry about not being good enough or being good enough. So I think this is one that everyone's fairly familiar with. Yeah, because we suffer from it so often feeling discouraged or having low self-esteem and just being worried yeah, that you're not good enough. So some people are really dominant in this fear, though, where that insecurity is just really close to the surface. And I will admit that is me. Arrows are fear of failure dominant. So I get a little bit needy for validation and people to tell me I'm doing okay. And I was thinking the other day, my article came out on ksl.com and I, I was looking at the comments, which often I don't do. But there were some really nice ones, and I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, somebody thinks I actually am smart. And I just eat that up because it quiets my deepest, darkest fear that I'm not good enough. I do love those articles. They are amazing. And I call it hustling. That's what I recognize it in myself when I'm hustling for my value with my appearance or my performance at work or my clean house or whatever I'm doing, um, I'm trying to earn my value by quieting my fear. And that doesn't usually work very well. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Okay. So you said earlier, fear of failure is easier for everybody to kind of understand. Fear of loss is a little trickier. And every time I ask someone, what what scares you the most? Most people, the first thing they say is losing loved one. Sure. Losing a child or my spouse, somebody I care about. So that's a really obvious loss. And people get afraid of losing money, losing their job, those kind of losses. 
but there's a lot of things every day that are a loss. Anytime things don't go the way you wanted them to. So you're disappointed, frustrated, you know, feeling bothered that things aren't going your way. That's, that's all loss. How else would you describe it? Kim, I would say my fear of loss shows up when I don't get my way. And that sounds so terrible, but it's really the truth. I start to feel it in my body and I get like a lump in my throat and I get really a little bit angry that I'm starting to see things that might not happen the way that I want to, whether it's being late for work or um, not getting something at my house the way I want it, not, not work, not going, the project not going the way I want to see it go. That's what fear of, when fear of loss shows up for me, it shows, shows up in anger and a little bit of anxiety for me. So Sarah, it's not though that you just have to have control because you're a, a narcissist. It's you feel safer in the world if you have control or things go your way. And when they don't, you literally don't feel safe in the world. Wow. It's really a weird thing. So true. So sometimes I describe the two fears. The fear of failure is that, that I suck. I'm not good enough. And fear of loss is my life sucks or my life isn't going to be good enough. It's not what I wanted. And it's really a feeling unsafe. Both of them are feelings of unsafe, but it's more like safe in the world versus good enough safe. Yeah, I really like that. I think that uh, for a people person, someone that really values your relationships, the fear of loss is that they won't like me or um, the world won't think that I'm doing a good job. Um, and that, that is a huge fear of loss because that's how I earn my value if I'm earning value, which I know I can't do because I have infinite. But we value. still try. <laughs> <laughs> but we still try. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so if there's only these two types of people, fear of loss-dominant people, fear of failure-dominant people, that means there are only three kinds of relationships you could be in. And I want all our listeners to, to get this because the beauty of 12 Shapes is that we make understanding people and relationships super simple. And if there's only three types of relationships you can be in, this is going to be easy to understand all of the relationships in your life. So we're going to have fear of failure dominant people together. So two people that are both afraid of failure, or we're going to have relationships like yours with your husband where it's two fear of loss dominant people together, or you're going to have one of each together. And I have to tell you, Sarah, the, the one of each is more common. I had somebody ask me yesterday, are, are we more prone to marry somebody who's like us or different from us? And absolutely, the opposites attract thing is real. It is a thing. Most of us are attracted to somebody who's different. And those differences are so interesting and cool to us. But then later, they become the thing that drives us crazy about the other person. <laughs> that is so true. I love that. Okay, so let's, let's talk about two fear of failure dominant people first. And I have to admit, I've been in this relationship numerous times with different people. And the problem with it is that when both of you get triggered or you're feeling really insecure that day and you're feeling needy and, and you're afraid that you're not good enough, you kind of come to the relationship with this empty bucket where you're just starving for fill me up, tell me that I'm loved, tell me that I'm good enough. And the problem is if the other person is in the exact same boat, 
and they're needy for validation and they need to be filled up, then everybody is trying to get and nobody is giving anything. Nobody even has anything to give. Yeah. So nobody's needs are being met. You each have what you need and your needs in your relationship and you're not getting what you need. So you start to go into maybe victim mode a little bit or are being needy. And that is not attractive to the other person in the relationship, right? Because they're needy too. It seems like you're just triggering each other. Yeah. So we see this a lot where I, I meet with each person in this couple and both of them say, I don't feel loved. I'm, I'm, I just don't feel like they're giving, that they care about me or that they're giving me love the way I need to get it. And it's so funny because I'm like, you're both doing that. You both feel the same way. So what we've got to recognize that if you are in a relationship with another kind of insecure person, that we've got to turn that cycle around. At some point, one of you has got to stop worrying about not getting and step it up and give validation to the other. And usually in order to do that, you've got to learn how to beat your fear of failure. And we've talked about it on some of our early shows, but it it really involves understanding your value and that it can't change. And that no matter what you do, you still have the same value as everybody else. But what we're really talking about is filling up your own bucket, not looking outside of yourself to get self-esteem, but knowing where it comes from yourself. And when you get that, your bucket is now full, you can turn around and really validate and help the other person, hopefully, to feel better about themselves. Now, the problem is you can't really fix somebody else's fear of failure problem. You can help it, you can validate them and make them feel safer, but at some point, they have got to do the work to know where their value comes from and fill their own bucket too. So I'm gonna ask the hard question here, which is how? How do I know that my sense of value is infinite and absolute? And how do I fill my own bucket and start curing my fear of failure? Because honestly, Kim, I know way too many people that are in this exact same position with their their spouse is exactly what I'm thinking of for this relationship, where they're just absolutely, both parties are insecure, both are looking for validation and I have heard you say before on some other, um, on the relationship radio, your partner merely wants to be wanted, appreciated, accepted, and respected. And I remember that, and this is crazy, but I remember that because you, it may, it spells war. If you don't have it, if you don't have those things in your relationship, you're going to be at war. (laughs) So if you're wanting, appreciating, accepting, and respecting each other to the nth degree, then you're going to quiet these fears, but that's with each other. So how do you quiet it for yourself? Okay. So let's make sure everybody gets this though. If you're in a relationship with, with another fear of failure dominant person, you do want to learn how to validate and quiet each other's fear as much as you can. Because if you can become the cure to your other partner's fear, they are going to adore you. They are going to love you so much. And so the key to making these relationships work is to just drown each other in validation and how amazing you are and how lucky I am to be married to you. And yeah, you're not perfect. We both have faults, but you're perfect for me. And I just think you're amazing. If somebody does that with me, I have to tell you I'm in love. 
I'm like, you have me eating out of your hand. So we, we can do that a lot in these relationships and it does make a big difference. But at the end of the day, your number one job is your own fear issues. So if you are a fear of failure dominant person, your number one job is choosing to believe that all human beings have the same value and that there's nothing you can do that means you have less value than other people and they're better than you. Now, right now, your subconscious programming, whether you're aware of it or not, is telling you all day long that other people are better than you, that you're not enough. You've got this voice of fear in your head that that is the story all the time. And the cool thing about it is it's, it's just a belief. You have this belief that some people are better than other people and that people who look better or have nicer things or have more money, well, that makes them better than you. So it's a belief. It's not a fact. It's just a belief. And if it's a belief, you can change it. And if you will start practicing all day, every day, trusting that all humans have the same worth, you take failure off the table for yourself. You can't fail if we all have the same value all the time. Does that make sense? Kim, this has absolutely been life-changing for me since we've been working together and I've been understanding um, the fears of failure and the fear of loss and my value. And I do have to practice it every day. But, when I, but now I catch myself. When I'm comparing myself to the tall, skinny, blonde lady that drives the Range Rover, I go, no, she has the same value as I do. She probably has her own struggles that I wouldn't want. And, and I, don't, I stop comparing. And I think that has been a really important first step for me is to stop comparing and stop judging other people as smarter, skinnier, healthier, richer, whatever it might be than I am, um, because that really drags me down. But when I start to see myself as having the same value, no matter what, and even you can take it to the extreme of a homeless person on the streets in San Francisco versus the president of the United States, do they have the same value? I mean, that's an extreme, but in your heart, you have to go, do they breathe? Do they have a heartbeat? Are they a human being? Yeah. They have the same value. They have the same value. And that's like a huge relief. I don't yeah. have to keep trying. I don't have to try to keep earning it. It's like, yeah, sweet. And that has helped you that much. And you're a fear of loss dominant person. So imagine the difference in somebody that this is their deepest, darkest fear is that I'm not enough. It, it's just huge. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I want everybody to notice, if, you, if you're in a fear of failure relationship where both people have it, when you get unbalanced and you're, you're really feeling insecure, everything the other person says or does is going to make that fear worse. And you will pull away from them because it's the only place of safety. If you criticize me all the time and, and you trigger that fear of failure in me, I have to pull away from you to be safe. I gotta, I gotta stay away. I gotta pull back. And the other person will feel that you're pulling back. You don't love me. And that will trigger their fear even more. And they'll criticize you even more. Look what you're doing. You're pulling away from me. Well, that just makes you want to pull away even more. And this is the vicious cycle that we'll fall into if we trigger each other's fear versus being the cure to the other person's fear. So please recognize if you're in a relationship and both of you are fear of failure dominant, quieting each other's fears with tons of validation is the secret to making it work. 
I'm getting teary, Kim, just because it's, it's, there's so much truth and I can see so much benefit to people that are in these relationships. And we should probably move on and talk about the other um, types of relationships as well. But let's do a quick refresher of the shapes that are fear of failure dominant. Oh, good idea. Okay, so fear of failure dominant is hearts, circles, ovals and arrows, stars, and rectangles. Okay, I know lots of circle, rectangle relationships, so I'm very aware of that. I think I have a, a heart and an arrow relationship I can think of in my mind. So awesome. Yeah. Very good. And, and you know what? If you do have some feedback, you need to give your fear of failure dominant person because you can't always tell them that they walk on water. Occasionally they're going to make a mistake, but just do it softly and start with validation about all the things they do right before you get to the feedback so that you just want to not be the cause of more fear of failure. Perfect. Okay. So what's the next um, type of relationship? We've only covered one and we're going to cover three today. So what's the okay. next? So the next one is, is you and, and your hubby. Okay. Two fear of loss dominant people. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned earlier, if your fear of loss dominant, you need things to be right in your world to feel safe. So you, anytime you don't have control, you feel like things aren't going your way and you're going to lose out and, and you're not going to have what you wanted. You get unbalanced. And I know you, you can attest to that. I can. I think my go-to, like we've said before, I, I go into victim mode and I say, I'm just not going to be successful here. And the last thing that my partner wants to do is say, oh no, honey, you're doing awesome. You're being great. Like validation is not what another fear of loss dominant person wants to say. I don't think it's hard for him. I think it's more that it's just hard. It's that he doesn't see why you need it. <laughs> more accurate. <laughs> right? What, yeah. why, can't, why don't you just feel good about yourself? I do. What's the matter with you? Oh, why do you gosh. need all this validation? You're just needy. Yeah. Because they don't need it. They assume no one else should either. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other thing is, is not only are both of you needing control to feel safe. I mean, that's going to lead to a lot of power struggles if you both need control all the time to feel safe. Yeah, there's a lot of discussion about why my way can't be the right way. Both all the time. So parenting, um, we, def we often parent a little differently and we each want the other to parent a little bit more like we do. I can see some of our fear of loss coming out there in the parenting. And, and then just even little things like the way we're cooking. You know, I'm going to do it my way and you're going to do it your way. And we kind of stand and face each other like my way's right. <laughs> yeah, I remember when he told you, you're stirring that with a fork. You use a spoon. Why would you use a fork? That's ridiculous. And it's just, he would feel safer in the world if everybody did things the way he thinks they should be done. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, and I think it's so, you can take it to the extremes, right? That's so minor. Like he would feel safer in the world if everybody stirred with a spoon. Okay. But you're going to feel safer in the world also if, you know, everybody would do things the way that you have lined out for your team to do at work or your son to do at school. Like, build safety in the world. Everything feels good. Everything's falling right into place. Uh, everything's a little bit black and white, if you will. Um, kind of linear. Yeah. And it's my way or the highway. Yeah. Do either of you guys um, backseat drive? 
<laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah, I, I front seat drive, I passenger drive, and I try really hard not to give a lot of um, unsolicited advice for my husband's driving, but yeah, there's been some comments of, you can drive like that when I'm not in the car, but when I'm in the car, if you could drive like a human, that would be great, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we always see that kind of thing. Fear of lost dominant people give a lot of advice, and they correct and advise and it's often taken as an insult or mistreatment from the other person so also while fear of failure dominant people get insulted or criticized that that's what they're afraid of you guys are more afraid of mistreatment or being disregarded or you know not having your way and not having things right mm -hmm. so you're more on the lookout for mistreatment oh that's so accurate you'll see it Oh, that's so accurate for us. He always asks me, why are you so defensive? I, I defend myself a lot because I think I am on the lookout for mistreatment. So I defend what I'm doing. And that's just kind of how we roll, I guess. So if you've got a lot of that showing up, I mean, you could have a, you could have a very regular conflict quite often. If both of you are quick to notice what's wrong, what's not being done right, or how you're treating me isn't right, if that's quick to happen, we could have some conflict with this kind of relationship. The power struggle over control and just the offending each other quite a bit. So you asked me how we fix it with the other one. Do you want to know how we fix this one? <laughs> yes, I do. I think one of the things that we have worked on together, actually my husband brought this to our conversations, is to assume positive intent. Assume what... I'm saying to you or the way I'm acting is for the good of us and our relationship. I'm not trying to criticize you or take you down. That's been really helpful. Does that fit with what fear of dominant uh, fear of loss people? Absolutely. Now, I, I use a little bit different language. I always say they're, they are truly just wanting to help. When he tells you that you should stir mm -hmm. with a spoon and not a fork, it's, he's trying to help. He wants things to go better for you. And he, so his intent is always to help. And if you're on the other end of it, it sort of looks like criticism still. <laughs> it feels like criticism for sure. It does. But their intent is always to help. That's what they're trying to do. They just want life to be better for all of us. But they just help too much. They just help where help isn't actually wanted. So I always tell my fear of lost dominant clients, ask permission to give advice because unsolicited advice is an insult. Oh, so if you really want to correct somebody or tell them to drive a different way, they're not driving right, ask them, would you be open to some input on how to get there and the right route to take or do you prefer me to stay out of it and just let you drive? They're going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Are you open to some feedback? No, but then they'll, I think with us, we would probably laugh about that and then say, okay, yes. All right. Let's talk about it. And that kind of opens up the conversation a little bit. Yeah, that is often what happens. <laughs> Absolutely. The other thing, again, we want you to be responsible for your fear of loss problem and your trigger of feeling controlled, right? So one of the best things you can do is practice trusting the universe that every day it's gonna bring mistreatment or disappointment or loss experiences into your day to help you grow. 
to help you learn to be more mature, to rise above and, and just grow, the, grow you as a person. So every time you don't get your way, if you could see it as your perfect classroom today, that it's actually not a loss. This was actually the universe giving you a situation that would trigger loss so you could practice being in trust and growing. And if you can see every experience as here for you to serve you instead of just to aggravate you, you'll, you will handle things outside of loss. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I've heard you talk about this before too. And I try to put this into my daily life, exchanging those two little words, two and four. Why is this happening to me? And why is this happening for me? I've, I've heard you say that and I've tried to put that into my vocabulary. Even yesterday at my office, we had a little, little crazy stuff going on HR wise. And I was irritated, agitated, frustrated. And I stopped and asked myself, why is this happening for me? What am I here to learn from this experience? And it changes it completely. I was literally losing sleep over it. And I went, oh, okay, it's something for me to learn. Okay, I'll learn that later. Go to sleep. <laughs> yes, you got it. it. It changed the whole thing with those two little words, doesn't it? Yeah, that's a good yeah. tip. Because if it's for you, it's not a loss. Oh, wow. It's a positive. It's a gain. It is. Wow. Even though it's not what you wanted. Awesome. It's no longer a loss. So, yeah. That's what you guys have got to work on and, and be responsible for yourself. So great. Okay. So let's talk about what it looks like when one of each are in a relationship. Okay. And this is the most common. It's more likely, listener, that this is the relationship you're in. And I don't know which one of the two types is you, but I'm going to kind of sh share with you the fear cycle that these people get into. So what often happens is the fear of loss dominant person is bothered with something because it's not right and they need it to be right to feel safe in the world. So they say something to the other, Hey, you're, you need to, why are you using a fork? You need to use a spoon. That's you're, you're not doing that right. Well, the fear of failure dominant person feels completely criticized. You think I'm an idiot. You think uh, like literally that hurt me. That hurt me. And your criticism makes me feel unsafe with you. So I'm going to pull back and I'm not going to talk to you as much. Or I'm going to try to do things when you're not around because I feel safer if I pull back. Well, the fear of loss dominant person will experience more loss because you're pulling away from them. That's a loss experience. And the more triggered they become in that loss, the more they'll try to control you the more they'll tell you, wait, you shouldn't be acting this way. What are you doing? And the fear of failure dominant person is getting criticized even more. So they'll pull back even more. And this is the cycle that just goes around and around and around. We trigger each other's fears perfectly because your need for control and for things to be right is criticism. And the more I get criticism, criticized, the more I don't want to be around you, which triggers the loss. I mean, it's just like the perfect storm. So I have a lot of friends that are diamonds. It seems to be common in my friend circle, which is great for me because they're pretty organized and they always have a fingernail file and always have a plan for me, which is fantastic. But many of my female friends are married to 
fear of failure dominant people. A lot of a lot of rectangles. I have a lot of rectangle boys um, in my in my life and in my friendships. So, I yeah, can I I see that when diamonds are hard this way, and we see them a lot married to hearts or circles or rectangles. Hmm. So that's classic because diamonds really need control. They need things clean and organized and the way that they need the house and everything to look, to feel safe. And for a fear of failure dominant person, it can start to feel like you care more about the house than you do me. And they can never do anything right. The fear of failure person is just like, I can't do anything to please her. Yeah. The, the diamonds perfectionism is so high and it has to be perfect for me to feel safe. So it means you're criticizing all of the time, the people around you. And again, you're trying to help. You're not meaning to make them feel bad. You're trying to make everybody's life really great until your intention's in the right place. But to recognize that your spouse is fear of failure dominant and anything you say that could be construed as criticism, that's the way they'll hear it. They will just hear that you think I'm an idiot and lazy and I don't do anything right. And the more that they get that message, the more triggered and the more that they're going to have issue with you, they're going to be mad at you. They're going to be hurt and offended. And that is a situation you're not going to like. So it will just make you have more fear of loss. And here we go. Yeah. I just wrote down a couple notes here, Kim, just to keep this really simple. Um, fear of loss people need control. And why they need control is because that makes them feel safe in the world. When you said that to me earlier, just in the, in this podcast, I thought, Hmm, is that really true? And, and it is, it's very true because when things are in order and you're feeding the kids the right meal and you're picking them up on time and everybody's happy at soccer practice and everybody's fed and cozy and comfy, it's a safe place to live, right? Yeah. So you're very comfy there. So that makes a lot of sense to me um, for the fear of loss people. So cover really quick the fear of loss since we covered um, the fear of failure shapes. Let's real quick give everybody a highlight of the fear of loss shape. Okay, so octagons like you, rhombuses, triangles, squares, and crosses. And you will notice that those are the shapes that are more opinionated and more controlling and more confident too, though. Definitely Mm -hmm. more confident. Right. So the thing I, I want to leave everybody with to make sure, because this is, this is going to just change your world. Your relationships will be so easy. Your number one job is making sure your fear issues are under control. So if your fear of failure dominant, that means your number one job is knowing your value can't be diminished no matter what. If your fear of loss dominant, your number one job is trusting that everything that happens is perfect. It's your perfect classroom and there is no loss. Then. Number two job is being the cure to your other partner's fear as much as you can. So if I know my partner is fear of failure dominant, being the cure is constant validation about how amazing they are. And keep in mind what they value most. So if your spouse is fear of failure task-driven like me, they want validation about their tasks and everything they do and how brilliant they are. And and if they're a star, they need validation about how beautiful they look. If they're a circle or a heart, how social and how fun and how great with people they are, they need validation specifically about what they value. So the more you do that, 
this relationship is going to be easy. If you're in relationship with the fear of loss dominant person, becoming the cure to their fear is a little trickier because they need everything in the world their way to feel safe. And that's hard to always give them, right? But as much as you can, try to do things their way. Try to let them have control where you can. So choose your battles, right? Yes. Reassure them a lot when they're frustrated because things aren't right. Remind them that it's okay. This is their, it must be our perfect classroom. Help them kind of get back into balance about trusting the journey. The more that you do those kind of things, the more that you'll quiet their fear. And guys, if we quiet each other's fear, relationship is just smooth because it's only fear that causes our bad behavior. Wow, Kim, that was a lot of good information um, in this in this entire podcast, but right there in the last part. So I'm just going to recap a little bit. So if your fear of loss dominant, your your main your number one job is to trust the universe. And if your fear of failure dominant, your number one job is to know that your value is infinite and, and absolute. And then it's really important that you know your partner's shape so that you can know if they're fear of failure or fear of loss dominant. dominant. And then also know what they value. Do they value people, tasks, things, or ideas? And you're only going to know this stuff if you go to the 12 Shapes website. And you can go to app.12shapes.com and uh, log in, create an account, and take the quiz. And then you'll know your shape. And actually, I've asked some people in my life to take the quiz that I didn't think they actually would, and they do. Um, and they really like it, and it can be impactful for them. So, so make sure try. that you send them the invite from inside the program so that you can see their shape when they take it. Oh, perfect. So if you've already logged in and taken the quiz yourself, then just ask them to take it through, through the app. That's great advice. Thanks, Kim. It was a great, great show today. And thank you, everybody, for listening. So join us again next week for some more of Explain People.